When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Stay hungry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humble and Hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Wow, do I have a show for you today. So... Uh, you guys asked for it. I'm delivering. We have an estate planner on today, pretty much telling us what we need to do in case um, of an emergency, in case you have things to leave someone, um, assets or property, or just literally anything and everything. All of your questions are being answered today by Patricia DeFonte. She is an estate planner and she's been doing this forever. I mean, I could read you her credentials, but it would it would take me forever. This woman knows what she's talking about and she is very clear, very precise, very knowledgeable and I definitely trust her. Um it's this is a conversation that is so uncomfortable because it's mildly morbid because you're talking about well what happens if I die? What happens if my loved one dies? Um and it's one of those things that I think for me, it like looms over my head. It's like always like on my to-do list. It's kind of like Piper's passport, which I haven't done yet. And it's like the things like I know I need to, and I know it's so important, but it's a little overwhelming. And I just don't even want to think about it. Like who am I leaving Piper to? Or, you know, it's just, it's so much information. And I don't want this conversation with her and I to overwhelm you. I just wanted to inform you and get the wheels sort of turning on. Okay you know, you really got to like get your shit together. (laughs) So with that said, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's probably one of the most informative episodes I have done um, ever on the show. And I think I'm going to do more of them because now I feel like a very productive adult. (laughs) Um, If you have all of your estate uh, planning done, then I would still listen to it because I feel like you may learn a thing or two. Um, and you may want to go into your, into your trust or your will and update a few things. Um, so yes, I, and I know I'm going to be running to the courthouse because now she scared the crap out of me that I'm not married. Um, but yes, so, so it's such a good episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and at the end, you'll be able to contact her. She gives you all her information on, you know, if you guys want to use her or not. Uh, but really some some really great resources. Okay, I'm, I'm like blabbing. Also, before I let you go, make sure to check out Patreon. Um, you can find it on my website or at 
my Instagram. Go sign up and go join the community. It's growing every day. I'm so excited. You guys get extra content, ad-free shows, and so much more. Um, So go join me on there. And yeah, I will see you guys later. Enjoy the show. Please welcome my guest, and I'm so excited, Patricia DeFonti. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be on the show. I love talking about estate planning, and I understand your audience is mostly women, and we are just going to get into it today. I love this. Okay, good. I have so many questions for you. I I did a little question box on my Instagram, and I got flooded with questions. And you know, I think it's one of those those topics that no one wants to talk about, but yet we should all be talking about. Um, and it really all started a, a few days ago when I was talking with Riley, and uh, he wouldn't give me the code to his phone. And you know, he's he's like all. I'll leave my phone open for you. You can look through the phone. It's just, it's a, it's a specific number that he feels very, um, personal about. It's something to do with his dad. I don't know. And so I said, and I got to thinking, I was like, wait a minute, but what if you die? What happens to the phone? What happens to all the videos and the, and the contacts and the information? So that's how it sort of opened up the floodgates of this conversation. And I was like, I need to have an estate planner on the episode because, well, actually it was Andy's idea, my producer, because he was like, you know, I bet you a lot of people have a lot of questions. So I'm so happy you're here. I hope you're ready to get inundated with questions. <laughs> I am. Um, but tell us a little bit about you. So when did you start? You're up in San Francisco, right? Uh, yeah, my headquarters is in San Francisco, but my team and I work with clients all over California on Zoom, which is, you know, new to us for the pandemic, but it's been working out great. I've been an estate planner. This is year six of me having my own firm. I've been a lawyer for about 20 years. I'll give you my credentials. Uh, I have a super lawyer designation. Less than 5% of California lawyers have that designation. I have a master's degree in estate planning, probate, and trust administration. And I think I'm the only lawyer in the history of lawyers who's ever won a torture award for ethics from the Better Business Bureau. So at my firm, we call what we do, yeah, estate planning with heart, and we mean it. We are super duper paranoid. We all have PhDs in paranoia. And, you know, and so it takes a long time to work to get through the process with us. Um, but it's thorough, thorough, thorough. because we want to make sure that everybody gets exactly what they need. Oh, my gosh. OK, so we're, we're talking to the real deal here, people. So at the end of our conversation, we'll make sure to, you know, plug in where you can find her. And if you have questions, make sure to reach out. Um, but hopefully we can answer a lot of our questions. So can we just dive in? Wait, before <laughs> before we started recording, you said you want to throw Riley under the bus. And I'm like, I love that. Let's <laughs> I always throw him under the bus. OK, so so you listened to last week's episode. I did. I listened to it this morning. And I, oh, I have this- how many red <laughs> flags did you listen? <laughs> did you, it popped up. <laughs> I know. I had my phone out and I was taking notes. I want to say that what I'm going to do on this program is I can't give legal advice. I can only give legal advice to people who retain me because the answer to any legal question is it depends. But I will say that I loved what you said. If you lose someone or if someone suffers an incapacity and you have to deal with the money, the kids, the house, the bills, you're grieving and it's also a pain in the neck. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And what estate planning does is it removes that pain so that you can focus on grief and you can focus on giving other people not just a task, but the authority to complete that task. So let's talk about Riley. So 
<laughs> yes, please. <laughs> let's let's talk about him. God rest his soul. Okay. My God, don't listen, Riley. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so generally, if a company owns the phone, because we'll just go ahead and jump on that one right away. Yes, we'll dive right into it. Do, the company's going to do what the company's going to do, and it's pretty likely that somebody in HR is going to say, "Well, we're not allowed to hand over his phone." That's what because I thought. There is no such thing as privacy in this world, right? Do you feel like you have any privacy? None. But if you hit no. your head, nobody has the right to go to your employer and demand your disability payments, to get into your phone, to really ask for anything. The remedy for this, if you, you really need to do these things, is to go and get a durable power of attorney to approach the court. So I love that he's so confident that work would just give it to you, but it's not up to him. And it might not be up right. to the CEO or the CFO. It might be up to the director of HR. And they're going to look at to see what the laws are and make a decision based on that. Every situation is going to be different. So, Some companies do it looser, but I wouldn't rely on that. And what about going to like an Apple store or any type of, you know, phone company store and you bring the, you know, the person's phone, can you bring a death certificate or do they need more than that? You know, for some applications, I know that Facebook and Google, you can, and I think now for Apple, you can list a legacy contact. You can list who is allowed to get into your accounts and your device. Well, and I think for Apple, your device, but it's brand new. Who knows how it's all going to yeah. work in the real world, right? Because we haven't been facing this too much yet because all of this is relatively new. But, you know, not even, as you said, not even the police can get into your phone. Right. So I prefer that people use a password aggregator like um, LastPass or OnePass. There are lots of them. And you choose your one secret password and Riley can use that for his LastPass or OnePass. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is just a computer generated nonsense password. Um, so ultra okay. safe. And then you can share that with your loved ones so that people actually can get into your various accounts. That's genius. So just one code. And mm -hmm. you link everything to it. Yep. Do that. I don't know why I haven't done that. So, okay. So I feel like I'm going to let him off the hook right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll ring him a new one later, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll definitely explain that all to him. But I, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of things. So him and I are not married. Uh, we are engaged, but I know that a lot of, laws, you know, we have to be married in order for things to be ours, right? If not, right. I, I, technically, everything is, yeah. is still separate, even if we have a daughter together. But um, so we're sort of in the process of figuring that all out. But, but for those who don't understand, like, what's the difference between a will and a trust? When you die, you really have three options. You can do nothing. And if you do nothing, then when you die, there are statutes that say who gets your stuff. So for an unmarried couple, it doesn't go to your partner. We don't have common law marriage in California. And so it will never go to your partner. It will go to your children. Well, minor children mm. are too young to inherit. And so a judge will decide what happens to that money. Maybe the judge will give it to the partner. Maybe the judge will put it in a locked account until the child is 18, and then they get all of it. And that's kind of dangerous because we don't know. What about what debt? Kind of, oh, debt gets paid. And then, but, but so does the debt come out? So say I pass away and say I have money in my account and I have a lot of debt. Does the debt come out of what I, what I have in my bank accounts or does the debt go to my daughter or? The debt comes out of what? Where does the debt go? 
the debt. Okay. And if, and if I don't have enough to pay it, that just goes to collections? You don't have enough to pay it, then whoever's in charge is going to start trying to do some horse trading and see what they can wiggle their yeah. way out of. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's one of my biggest fears, as at least for my mom. Because I'm like, I don't know. That woman is... <laughs> sometimes all over the place and I'm like if she has any sort of debt is that going to be our burden yeah it's which I know it has scary. been for some of my family members it's always scary and you always want to have open dialogue with you know across the generations um because it can be really upsetting to lose someone and then discover that they are really in debt and one of the worst things that I've seen is one of my friends, her mother lost her husband. And it turned out that he had almost, he'd taken most of the equity out of the house because he was day trading. Yeah. Oh, lost her house. So she lost everything and some. So that's awful. So if you do nothing, it go, the money goes where it's going to go and you have no control. Mm-hmm. And it's public. You can use a will and then you get to direct the money. And so Riley could say, well, I want everything to go to now. And then it at least goes to you. Right. And we're not automatically giving money to Piper, who's too young. Um, but you're going to have to go to court and everybody's going to know how much you're getting. And there's no control over it. If you have a huge debt load at that point, that money that Riley's leaving you might go to pay your creditors instead mm-hmm. of going directly to you. Right. Because all of a sudden, oh, Natalie's flesh. The best way to work around all this is to use a trust. If you use a trust, then you get to decide where the money's going. And you get to decide how and when the money is used. So if we think about a couple, Riley leaves money to Natalie. Riley dies. Natalie sits down with the lawyer and thinks and has a conversation about tax and has a conversation about asset protection. If the trust is drafted correctly, Natalie's going to have a lot of options as to does she want to just keep the money in a bank account? She can run off to Vegas with a pool boy and live her life. Or does she oh, want to put it great. into an ir- <laughs> She can put it in an irrevocable trust and safeguard it from creditors and still use it for herself and Piper. And then when the second parent has died and we're thinking about leaving assets to the children, but even for those of you who don't have children, think about your beneficiaries. Just getting cash can be really harmful. So many people are in terrible, terrible debt positions because of COVID. They lost their restaurants, mm-hmm. they lost their businesses, major medical costs, right? It might be safer for them to have the money in a trust instead of here's your money because there might be someone right behind them to take it. And if there's anybody who is underage or otherwise vulnerable, gambling, alcoholism, substance abuse, it's better for them to have the money in the trust because they might hurt themselves with it. So a trust is really right. the gold standard in California. It's private, you get asset protection, tax planning ability, privacy, and control from the grave as to how your money is used. And how much does something like that cost to set up? So running an estate planning practice is expensive. Our, the software that we use is very expensive. Okay. The backend CRM is expensive. All of the magazines that we have to buy to keep up with the law because the law is alive. Um, and our malpractice insurance is the most expensive in all of law because we don't know when the harm might happen. If we've drafted something incorrectly, it might be 20, 30, 40, 50 years before the issue makes itself known. We have to wait until someone dies. Um, so it's expensive to run a practice. And so, you know, here we are, we have a whole California audience. I'm in the Bay Area, I'm in San Francisco. I'd say a typical rate is between five and $6,000 for a single person or a married couple 
that doesn't mean you're complicated. That's the basic package is about that much. Okay. And you spend about four hours with the lawyer because it, this is not, you filled in some documents and then the lawyer talked to you for 15, 30 minutes and then you sign some documents. That's, I see those types of things all the time and things happen like, well, we're leaving a brother 20% of the estate, but he's an alcoholic. Well, he's going to drink that money. Mm. But the lawyer didn't spend the time to find out about the brother. So it's all of the things that right. are about you and your family that's really, really specific. Or maybe you've chosen somebody who's going to be in charge if you hit your head. One person's in charge of the money. The other person is in charge of your health. They hate each other. And so the person in charge of your health is saying, well, we need to do these special treatments. We need money. You have to give me money. And the person in charge of the money says, you're an idiot. I'm not giving you any money. Well, then we're at a crossroads and then we're in court. Mm -hmm. It's really important to spend a lot of time with the lawyer. You're going to get your money's worth. <laughs> and then there are a lot of costs associated. Recording can be expensive. The notary is expensive. The shipping of the binders, all of it kind of adds up. Um, right. Nobody is getting incredibly rich doing estate planning. We work hard every day. <laughs> wow. And, and there's no yearly fee or anything. It's like a one-time fee. You set it up. And then do you have to check in? Do you have to pay fees or any of that? Generally, it's a flat fee. Mm -hmm. But we, what we like to do is see you every three years. At my firm, we offer a free meeting every three years because we're paranoid. We want to make sure everything's okay. And we oh, want to get you in the habit of every three years. At some firms, you can pay for a maintenance plan or a check-in plan where you meet with a lawyer every year. Different firms do it differently. A lot of firms, especially the ones who don't charge very much, will send a notary to your house or just give you the documents and tell you to have them notarized. They don't even keep copies of your documents or they'll give you the documents in a manila envelope and you're probably going to lose them. So um, to be really careful <laughs> yeah. about who you work with and make sure that the documents reflect your family, your people, your stuff, and that people know where to find your documents afterwards and that you're keeping up Every three years, every three years, see the lawyer, and you might feel like, oh, well, nothing has changed. The money's the same. The children are the same. All our people are still around, but you don't know if the law has changed. And we've had some huge shifts in the law just in the last couple of years around real estate and retirement accounts. Who knows mm. what's going to come up next year? Because it could be Congress. It could be the California State Assembly. It might be the voters of California throwing a wrench into, or a judge in Fresno or Bakersfield who does something that really creates a sea change in your estate plan. So so let me ask you another question. Is there any sort of like tax consequences when you add a property to a trust? Oh, that's such a good question. No. <laughs> your typical revocable trust, you can transfer all of your stuff into it. You can fly to Las Vegas, rock up to the roulette wheel, pick a number and lose it all, and you're fine. There is no consequence at all. You can transfer your house to your revocable trust, and then you can sell it right out of the trust. Buy a new house. You don't have to keep coming back and changing your trust. Yeah, there are no transfer taxes, no reassessment when you transfer into a revocable trust. So the typical Got trust that most people have. Got it. Here's a question that I got from Instagram. My husband um, has no interest in setting up a will or a trust and says that I can do what I want and set up my own and delegate our property. We have no kids. Is this something that one spouse can do? Do you, rec I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you recommend to have both there, but what is, what is something like this? If only one is, is interested in doing this? I think 
that if your spouse or partner will not come to the table and do this, that you should be worried about fiscal infidelity. Ooh, because wow. estate planning Ooh. with a good lawyer puts everything on the table. You have to fill out a whole asset sheet. And we have to know all your credit cards, all the bank accounts, the crypto, all your copyright interests, your trademarks, everything. We want all of it. Why? Because oh, what we dang. want to so do. You need, every, you need to put everything on the table here. We want everything on okay. the table. Okay. Well, if you're, if you're cheating, <laughs> if you think you're being cheated on, don't do this. <laughs> It might be time to see a certified divorced financial analyst and maybe do a couple of skip traces and see where the money is. I would be concerned. Gosh. Also, okay. yes, she can do her own estate plan. In California, even though it's a community property state, on her death, 50% of that community is hers and she can direct it wherever she likes. And this is really important for people who are facing divorce. If you're thinking about getting divorced, you don't have to wait to do a new estate plan. You can get an advanced healthcare directive and a durable power of attorney to stop your soon-to-be ex from making decisions for you, for operating like you. And you can also sign a new revocable trust in California that says, when I die, whatever is actually mine does not automatically go to my soon-to-be ex. It goes to my kids, my best friend, my mother, this charity, whatever is right for you. Right. I didn't even think about that. So... So do and they and you both have to agree to that or how nope. how do you do that? Unilateral. Oh. You can just do it. So yeah. how do you split the house or how do you do that? Well, that's interesting because let's say she they are still married and she dies and she has created this separate estate plan that says that half of her things go to I don't know, a charity. So that charity is going to come and say, "Okay, give me half." And then we start looking at all the assets, right? How much cash is there? How much house? It doesn't mean 50% of each bank account, 50% of the house. It just means 50% of the overall estate. And that's when the good negotiations start and they will become enraged. And this does happen for clients who are going through a divorce. Um, they're furious. They're furious that they didn't think to do it. They're furious that their soon to be ex did think of it. And, right. they, and they think, oh, well, you know, my soon-to-be ex died before the divorce was final, so I get everything. No. <laughs> nothing. Hey, what? If you do an estate plan, nothing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. This is going to make everybody think twice about this. <laughs> 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 if you're on the rocks, don't do the estate plan. Uh, no, it's no. Oh, it's if you're so on the rocks, do the estate uh, plan. Or do the estate plan, right. Summer means school's out and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. You've already booked in, you know, the sleepaway camps and the outdoor camps, but what are they doing for the other 10 weeks? <laughs> Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid and any interest. For me, Piper, listen, the, the girl gets bored after five minutes. So I am constantly booking classes. She's doing dance classes, Encanto, fun classes. I mean, you name it, we have done it. It's so much fun and I get to do it with her out of the comfort of my own home. OutSchool offers the widest variety of classes so kids are free to learn about anything they can imagine from video game design and entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing and magic lessons. There is something for kids for of all ages, grades, and all interests. 
OutSchool empowers kids with different styles of learning from live online classes to one-on-one tutoring so they can choose how they want to learn. OutSchool provides a learning environment that is fun, friendly, and flexible so kids can connect with teachers and kids around the world through their shared passions, giving your child a whole community of new friends. OutSchool will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. So head over to OutSchool.com humble and use code humble to learn all about OutSchool's summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L.com slash humble to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com humble, code humble. Okay, so I know that Piper is still in the midst of being potty trained, but we still use diapers for nap times and overnights, like just nighttime, because she still pees in the crib. And yes, she's still in the crib. (laughs) But I just found my new favorite diaper. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to keep her in diapers for a while because I found Coterie. And Riley likes to call them the Rolls Royces of diapers. He's like, oh my gosh, do they make Depends in these? I hope they do because I want to use it when world. And he's not wrong. I am obsessed with Coterie. Coterie is the highest performing diaper on the market with up to two times more liquid capacity and up to four times faster absorbency versus other brands, keeping your baby drier longer. Parents report fewer nighttime leaks and diaper changes, which can lead to better sleep quality for your baby and you, plus less laundry. Coterie even um, takes your baby through potty training, just like us, um, with their new two-in-one product, the pant, that moves like yoga pants, but absorbs like a diaper. It's readjustable, waistband means you can tailor fit the pant to your baby's exact size and even do vertical changes. And they use only the cleanest and safest ingredients. The pant is even more proven to be free of nearly 200 potentially harmful and irritating ingredients. Honestly, that's it's really, really important. Um, Coterie's diapers and wipes are in a class of their own, and they've been awarded best diaper and wipes by the bump and parents.com. Plus, their wipes are the National Eczema Association approved. Right now, Coterie is partnering with my podcast to offer you 20% off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to coterie.com and enter promo code HUMBLE. That's Coterie, spelled C O T E R I E.com, promo code HUMBLE for 20% off and free shipping. Promo code HUMBLE. Someone here said, can a wife fight for insurance policy after death when the mother was listed as the beneficiary? Oh, you know, this happens all the time. Really? The beneficiary designations on your life insurance policies, on your retirement account, on your banks, you have to make sure that they are correct because, I mean, you can always fight it, but you are going to have to show such great proof to a judge to show that it was supposed to be you. Well, mm-hmm. I think that there's case law out there that even they had filled out the form to have it changed, but hadn't submitted it and they lost. Yeah. So this oh. is something that I know. And so your estate planning lawyer should ask you not only how much life insurance do you have, 
who's the beneficiary. Not only where are your accounts, but you have an account at this bank and it's a savings account and the last four numbers are this, and who is the current transfer on death beneficiary? And you would be surprised, maybe you're not, at how many ex-spouses we find on these documents. <laughs> they just get a when, ton of money? If people forget. People just forget. Call your life insurance broker if you are divorced. Call them and see who your current beneficiary is. You would yeah. think that that would be like the first thing. People, yeah. Yeah. For engaged people and unmarried couples, what we find all the time is that it's mom is the beneficiary. I'm definitely the so beneficiary on this that. one. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many things to, to talk about with your spouse. This is, this is incredibly overwhelming, I have to say. But I feel like that's, that's why, why you have to go to somebody like you who can just sit you down and say, okay, let's just put everything on the table here. We're going to get you set up. It's going to take a little bit of time. But I mean, someone as knowledgeable as you guys can say, okay, we're going to cross all of our T's, dot all of our I's and get you ready to go. And I feel like it looms over all of our, our heads, especially the moms who feel like they have a bunch of to-do lists. I know I do. And this is one of them, right? It's just like getting everything. Like before we go on a trip, I always have this anxiety of like, wait, we didn't do, we didn't, we didn't do it. We didn't do the will. We didn't do the trust, any of that. I just think that this is definitely a reminder to everybody. Just, I know it's a pain in the ass, but it's going to be a bigger pain in the ass if you don't do it. Yes. And I can't handle any more GoFundMes. Every time I see a GoFundMe for a widow, <laughs> it, I, well, there are a couple of my estate planning friends and we gather together and we drink because it hurts us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not right. necessary. And, you know, we, we do these talks, we go on podcasts, we do talks at the library. We're constantly trying to do education. We are all over social media. Other lawyers think that we're crazy. Why are you guys on social media? Lawyers aren't on social media. Like what, what we do, we have to be on social media. We have to let people know that this is for everyone. You don't have to have any money to do an estate plan. I have done estate plans for single moms where the only asset in the trust, the trust was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy. So if something happened to her, her son had $500,000 in a trust and that's it. Mm. That's all there is. And, and you can do stipulations on that. So it's like, you know, um, the, the child can get money at a certain age or they have to like, we, Riley and I always talk about this. He wants to leave her all this money. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to, because what if she, you know, is not financially responsible or ends up, you know, being a drug addict? I mean, God forbid, you know, or I don't know, like, wh I, I don't know what pipe, what kind of kid Piper is going to be. And I would love to have those stipulations of, okay, you have to at least, um, you know, go to college or show me that you are capable of accepting this money. Um, so can you make very, very specific stipulations on the money? You're making me so happy. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, if you work with a good lawyer, yes, you can. And so my approach, and it's becoming a more common approach, is um, instead of the old way, you get your money when you're 25, 30, and 35. Maybe you don't get it if you're on drugs. That's kind of the old way. The new way is mm -hmm. come and ask us for money whenever you need money. We want to talk to you about your money every year. How is money enhancing your life? How the hell are you doing? We gave mm -hmm. you money last year to help you buy a house. How's that working out for you? 
Are you happy with the purchase? Right. Are things going well? Did your life feel more stable? Constantly talking about the best and highest use of money with the person who's in charge of managing it, I think is important. Allowing your kids to come and ask, can I have money to buy a house? Go to college? Can I go visit grandma in Guatemala every summer? Can I have money for IVF? Can I please have money to pay my lawyers and my CPAs and my financial advisors so that I know how to deal with my own inheritance my own way? What about a lawyer for a prenup? What about a lawyer to do my own estate plan? Right? If somebody does grow up to have addiction problems, then the way that I draft my trust, because it's usually a family member who steps in to act, that can be a lot for a family member. So I think it's important to include a pressure release valve that lets a family member say, you know, I'll keep managing the assets, but I can't talk to you about your money anymore because I don't know how to deal with your personality when you're like this. I'm not qualified. Mm -hmm. But we're going to use this professional and they're going to talk to you about money and they're also going to research recovery facilities and make sure you have the best possible health care for you and we're going to talk a lot about wellness and um, non-traditional treatments and whatever it is that would create a better life for you but you're going to do that with this other person so that i can remain your aunt or your uncle you know this uh, someone who loves you in your life without having the money come between us we have to walk down that really dark hallway of drugs and incarceration, domestic violence. We have to think about all those things so that we can protect the beneficiaries. And even if they are dealing with those types of problems, they're not cut off from their money. The money is just being used for them and it's not gonna be given to them where someone's gonna take it from them or they're gonna you know, put it up their nose or hurt themselves with it in some way. Right, and what happens if both of our, you know, both parents um, are deceased, then, then what? That is the scenario when both parents are deceased. That we oh, have that this. is the scenario. Okay. So then scenario. got it. So, yeah. so we are basically trusting that this third party is going to be speaking to them and sort of, sort of counseling them through this money. Well, I don't trust anybody to do anything. So I write it down in the trust that says the trustee shall meet with the beneficiary once a year and we have these provisions that I wish I had right. written. Okay, got it. Yes. This is what we want you to go through. I want you to ask the beneficiary all these questions and see how they're doing. So much to think about. <laughs> and just uh, as a note, to say that you have to get your money at a certain age. Here in California, far too many people work in technology, IPOs, RSUs, all these huge events, lots of money, lots of tax. The money in a trust mm -hmm. after the parents have died, when it becomes a trust for the children, it's throwing off a lot of income from all the investments. If you say that the trustee has to give the kid money when they turn 30, you might be putting someone into a real, really terrible tax spiral. It's just one tax black eye after another. What we would like to see right. instead is let your child grow up surrounded by the successor trustee, a financial advisor, a CPA, lawyers, let them understand how to work their own money. And if they do wind mm -hmm. up with this kind of a profession, they can play a tax game and they can figure out how to come ahead. So for those that, that feel like this is for a lot of, you know, this is for people who have a lot of money. What would you say to those people? Like you don't, it's, it, you don't have to have millions of dollars in trust. It can be, like you said, as simple as having just a simple like life insurance or a house or what if yes. it's, uh, I mean, anything just inherited. Yeah, everybody thinks that Having a baby or buying a house are the two big triggers. Well, the third big trigger is turning 18. 
as soon as you turn 18, you need an estate plan. And it doesn't mean you need the three inch thick binder with 500 pieces of paper. It might mean that you just need the advanced healthcare directive because you're 18 and you're going to do something crazy like go ice climbing and drink beer at the top of the mountain. It's dangerous. And we want your parents to be able to communicate with the hospital if you do this. A durable power of attorney. You hit your head. You have to give somebody, maybe it's your parents, the right to talk to your landlord, your school, even, and then just a simple will. Because maybe you've inherited some money from grandma. Just something that streamlines things if you hit your head or if you die okay. in an untimely fashion. So really being 18 is the trigger. And it can just be, you know, 12 pieces of paper can be an estate plan. I wish there was a better name because estate sounds so it English does. And important. Yes. It feels like you need to have a lot of, you need to own a lot in order to have one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have two pennies to rub together to qualify. Okay. So for everyone out there that's listening that has absolutely nothing, what, what are, let's like go through the list. So we need what? What do we need set up? An advanced healthcare directive. And this one you can do for free. Ask your doctor. Go to your local medical center to their website and just put in advanced healthcare directive and it will pop right up and it usually has a questionnaire along with it. Um, I like the California statutory form because it doesn't have lots of cartoons and background colors on it. The graphic artist didn't get to it. So you can print it really easily and you just okay. fill that out and um, you can bring it to your bank or to your, like your local FedEx or UPS store and they'll notarize it for you. And then you give it to your doctor, give it to your people. So that's free and everybody can do that. Okay. That's the first thing. The Second next thing? one is a durable power of attorney. So here you have bumped your head and somebody has to file your tax return, call your job for disability payments, talk to your landlord, right? Even just to get into your apartment. Landlord can't just let people in there. All the little things in your life, opening your mail, paying your bills, all the minutia of your life, somebody has to be able to step into your shoes and do these things for you. Now. There's also a statutory form. The trouble is the banks don't like taking these because this is the document that like nefarious nephew puts it under the elderly auntie's nose and he steals all her money. So I think mm -hmm. with banks, what you can do is go to your bank, go to your financial advisor and say, hey, do you guys have a form I can fill out? Do you have a power of attorney just for your bank that I could fill out so that my trusted person could come if I hit my head? I think that can be a good solution. And there's also a California statutory will um, that you can fill out and it comes with really good instructions, just printed right along with it. It all prints out as one big document. So if you go very, very slowly, you can also do that for yourself. You have to be meticulous and get it exactly right. These are great band-aids. This is a wonderful thing to do for yourself. It's free, go very, very slowly, pay a lot of attention. You might wanna pay a lawyer for maybe an hour of their time to review it with you if you're unsure. You do not have to pay $50, $400 for some online service. Don't do that. Okay. The free stuff is there. And if you think you need a trust because you have real estate, you have minor children, you're worried about the people that you're gonna leave your stuff to, they're on drugs, they're minors, they just have problems with money, you have to work with a lawyer. You can't use one of those online things because all the benefits that I've talked about they're not in those documents. They don't provide mm. anything for a surviving spouse. There are very few protections for the children, ultimately. Um, I do wanna say that a lot of people have benefits, legal benefits through their work. 
And so that might be a good place for free estate planning. Look in your employee benefits package. Be careful. Smart. <laughs> because a lot of those lawyers are brand new lawyers and they're, yeah, they love what they do, but they're only getting paid $700. And so they're not going to be able to spend a lot of time with you. Um, so, you, you know, you want to go to a workshop. I do workshops online. Everyone's welcome. They're free. You can come and learn with me and then go do it with someone else. It's great. Um, I think that once you start having children and you have a home, it can be harder to work with those lawyers because they just can't spend the time with you and you have right. more concerns. Definitely children and a home, you want to, you want to work with a lawyer. Estate planning is a social justice issue. Think about the family that, you know, the parents who have a house, they don't have anything else and they have three kids and they think, mm -hmm. well, we'll just leave the house to the kids and they'll figure it out. They can't figure it out because once right. you start transferring real estate among siblings, it triggers all different kinds of tax, property tax and transfer tax and income tax. And then nobody gets to keep the house. This is a middle class issue and it's really, really important. And I'm really happy that here in San Francisco, our local assessor's office has said openly, this is a social justice issue. And if you live in lower income neighborhoods, we, the city will provide free estate planning. And I'm hoping that this is something that carpets California. I, I cannot wait to see more and more counties adopting this approach. Yeah, because it is a lot of work, but you would think that this is something that should be almost just mandatory for everybody. Yes. And like you said, yeah, and hopefully free for everybody. Um, so and, and can I ask you, what happens if you have stepchildren? Uh, are you allowed to put them on as well? Do you need um, approval of like the ex or, you know, the other parents or what if the other parents are not in the picture, adoption, all of that? You know, in a trust, the definition of children, the trust defines it. And it's getting more and more interesting, the definition of children because of course you can leave your money to whomever you like. Your stepchildren, your neighbor's children, you can cut out your own children, you do whatever you want. Where we run into some trouble is your parents' trust to you. So if you have a stepchild, does your parents' trust recognize that as a child? And would anybody oh. else in the family say, well, that's not really my cousin, that's a step cousin and they don't get any money, right? We also mm -hmm. have to think about IVF. If you're not using your own genetic material to create children, according to your parents' trust, is that your child? And it's really important for, oh, um, wow. yeah. <laughs> so the definition of children in estate planning, it's, um, it's tricky. And you know, a lot of people don't wanna talk to their parents about their IVF journey or like the legal state of their family when it comes to blended families. They're hard conversations because sometimes the parents don't agree and they don't want to hear about what you're doing. And then you're trying to ask them, so are you leaving money for us in some way? It's, um, it takes a lot of finesse and nuance to have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, I guess, especially now with, you know, I think with just more of the LGBTQ community coming out as well, I mean, is that something that you also have to, to keep into consideration? I mean, what if your parents are like, you know, when you get married, like, what if it's very specific? What if it's like when you marry your wife and it's like, well, I'm not marrying a woman. I'm marrying a man, you know, like things like that. I mean, do you come up with, do you see those issues? You know, what's interesting is that if somebody, I thought, I think if somebody wrote that now, it would be against public policy. So you're not, you're not okay, allowed good. to draft a draft that paints people into unethical corners. Um, so okay. I think there would be an argument to be made. So that's, 
that's that's really against public policy, and I don't think that's fair, Your Honor. But of course, that's litigation. And tens right. of thousands of dollars, and years later, there you are. So it's you win probably, but very difficult. Difficult okay. during the interim. Okay, so after the power of attorney, um, do uh, what do you think about life insurance? You think everybody needs life insurance? When do you get it? I love life insurance. So I don't sell life insurance, but here's how I think of it. If you have children, okay, if you are a couple, I don't want you to think about the kids. I want you to look at each other. So Natalie, you should look at Riley and say, Riley, if you lost me, I want you to have enough money to, and then you guys write down your goals. And he does the same thing for you, right? Is it... Mm -hmm buy a house, pay off the mortgage, replace his income for 10 years, make sure Piper can go to school wherever she likes, whatever it is, right? And you will come up with crazy numbers, $10 million. If you work with a really good broker or you have a really good financial advisor, they will help you figure out how much do you really need? <laughs> because, mm -hmm. the, you know, insurance is expensive. I think that for um, single parents, the math is definitely all about the children. And then if you don't have children, maybe life insurance isn't the most important thing. Maybe disability insurance and long-term care insurance, because you really have to take care of your ability to make money. There's no one else who can hustle. Nobody's getting a second job if you can't work. It's you. Right. And if, especially if you get, when you get older, if you're a single person, who is going to take care of you? You don't have that automatic other. And so long-term care insurance can be really important. Meant for couples, if you can afford it, long-term care insurance can be wonderful also. Awesome. Okay. And, and then that you can put into your trust as well. So everything falls into the trust. Right. Everything can flow, but you have to be careful. Make sure the trust is drafted properly. When you inherit a life insurance policy, creditors can't come and get it. It's yours. Oh. If it goes through a trust, they could come and get it if the trust doesn't have the right language in it. So you have to be really, really careful who you're working with and that everything is done properly. A typical scenario is um, when I die, I want the life insurance policy to go to my spouse. And if my spouse has is no longer living, then into the trust for the benefit of the children. Um, but it's a, it's a tricky little area of the law. And so you want to really go over that with your lawyer and make sure you understand what your specific scenario is and what works best for you. There's no blanket rule. Okay. okay. Good to know. And then do you need to set up life insurance for your kids? Someone that wants would to be know more here? of a question for a financial advisor Okay. because sometimes life insurance is seen as like a financial tool. And I've seen some clients do that instead of the 529 accounts, but it's not something that I'm really well versed with. Okay. Um, I don't even worry about that. That was just something I, I saw here and pop up on one of the questions. This is all such good information. Is there anything else you want everyone to know? I want you to know that you have an estate plan and it's provided for you by the state of California. And it goes like this. If you hit your head and people don't agree as to how you should be taken care of, like your physical body, they might go to court and have you conserved. If you hit your head and you haven't put documents in place to let somebody do your taxes, deal with your mortgage payments, get into your banking, someone will have to go to the court and ask to have you conserved. When they go to the court to have you conserved, they're gonna to have to tell the judge in open court everything that's wrong with you. She's giving her money to the Nigerian prince. He can't use the bathroom on his own. He doesn't know what day it is. 
you know, easy if you're in a coma, much harder if you suffered a brain injury. So that's number one. What about me? If you don't have the documents in place to give people the authority to take care of you, they're going to a court, they're gonna have you conserved. Number two, what about my stuff? If you don't use a trust or will, whatever is more appropriate for you, to direct where your assets go, it's up to the courts. And if you're thinking about leaving money to anybody that money might hurt them, if you don't use a trust, it's a danger zone. And the third part is what about my kids? So where should the children go and live? Who are the right people? Who should they be living with? Is it your family? Is it, if it's not your family, I write guardianship nomination forms all the time that say, we really love our parents and we really don't want them to be the guardians. We want them to be the grandparents. There's money in the trust for vacations and family reunions, and we can pay for all that togetherness and happiness. We'll build an accessory dwelling unit in the backyard and they can come live there. But we don't want them to have to figure out college. We don't want them to discipline teenagers. We want them to be emotional support. So you can write really beautiful language that kind of cuts off certain family members. Um, it's important to remember that whatever it is that you write down is not the rule. The judge always takes a second look. Maybe you chose Chris and Jordan. They're amazing, the best. But then you die and the judge finds out that doing this independent investigation, the court will do, that Chris has two DUIs or mm -hmm. Jordan's mom is going to come live with them and she has a terminal illness and they're gonna be basically running a hospice, or maybe they're getting divorced. So we never know what people are going to do. We don't know what's going on in their lives. So it's important to provide the court with a lot of information. Clients who wanted to have their sister, but she has lupus. And so we wrote a lot about her condition is managed. We are well aware of it. She is an excellent mother. She has her own children and her illness does not interfere with the overall running of her family, on and on and on, to really tee it up for a judge to say, we know the brother looks better on paper. We don't want him. We want her. Mm -hmm. And do they, can you leave it to one person? Does it have to be a, a couple? Can it be? It can be one person. It can be one okay. person. So your default plan is you hit your head, conservatorship. A judge decides who's in charge and what they're allowed to do. What decisions they can make for you. What about your stuff? If you don't have a trust, it's all public. There's no control from the grave. And it might be expensive if you own real estate <laughs> to mm -hmm. not have a trust. And then the third part is what about my kids? Because if it's not very clear that children go where the police determine is necessary and convenient. I don't, the creepy neighbor across the street, I, I don't know. Um, right. Child protective services, maybe. So until a hearing could be held, when, can, when is the hearing held? I don't know, what's the court calendar? Is a judge on vacation? I don't know. So it's really important to drill down and get all these documents done and to look at them every three years to make sure that they're up to date. Wow. This is this is priceless information. It really is. You are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> I love what I do. It makes me thank happy you. every day. Thank you so much for thank you so much for doing this. Where can everybody find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, do consultations or just hire you? Where where can everybody find you? The best place to find me is on my website, which is Defonte Law. I think if you Google estate planning with heart, I pop right up. My last name, Defonte, everybody with my last name is from the same small town in Italy. So you might run across some of my cousins and their businesses <laughs> all over the country. <laughs> We're all related. We don't all know each other. Love it. Um, I do online workshops twice a month and you can find those on my website also. Those are free. I don't care who you work with. Just come for the information. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of the plethora of information. I'm sure that I've missed so many other, uh, th- th- I, I honestly have hundreds of questions here. Um, so you may have to come back another day, but I, I, I'm definitely going to, um, email you separately and, and, and set this up with Riley and I, because I feel like it's definitely time to, uh, to, to be responsible adults. And, oh, and do the whole adulting thing. Um, yes. So thank you so much for being here and we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me geek out and be a nerd about estate planning. No, you're it. so welcome. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening. I told you that was a lot of information, but it was good, right? I know you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed or maybe you're feeling very motivated. I hope that it's more motivation to go and have a conversation, um, whether it's with a family member, a loved one, a partner, a husband, a wife, just go and, and speak to somebody, get it done. It's for your sake, for your partner's sake and um, for your loved one's sake. So make sure and and go and do that. So love you guys all so much. Remember, go to Patreon um, and sign up. Go to nataliepouchet.com for all the information. And I will see you all next week. Remember, guys, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.